Hello and welcome to the Nashville Daily Podcast. I'm Stuart Deming. And I'm Aaron Pennington. Metro Park employees now must pay the city of Nashville to work. Owners of the Second Avenue buildings now have some major news about their properties. And Metro goes back to school. We'll talk about all of this and more on Nashville Daily. under 20 or 21 you may not get the reference but uh, hopefully everybody else does classic movie right there but metro goes back to school all of this homeschooling and virtual learning virtual learning may be over for metro at nashville and we will have all of those details later in the show It, it seems like almost our entire show today is going to be about what is going on in the city right now, specifically with Metro, whether it's the Parks Department, we got to talk about them actually paying to work. And uh, so we're going to be talking about that Metro going back to school, a lot of stuff going on with Metro today. And then we also talk a little bit about Tennessee government and Governor Bill Lee. <laughs> yeah, so in that that uh, back to school, back to school, Billy is the dad in that scenario, <laughs> 100%. <laughs> got to prove, it, prove to dad that I'm not a fool. Got to prove to Billy, Billy. That, that we can, we're learned people here in Tennessee. Hey, but if you uh, don't get cer- certain test scores, you fail the third grade. No child left behind, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what is what the heck is going on in Nashville there's right a now? There's a, there's, a, there's a lot. So the first metro area that we're going to be dealing with is Metro Codes. The Metro Codes Department. Department has actually, according to the National Business Journal, returned jurisdiction of damaged property to their owners on Second Avenue. So now the owners of all these Second Avenue buildings who uh, either if they've been, I, I imagine just the damaged and not the condemned buildings that are actually not, you know, not safe to get inside. Uh, but the owners now have their properties back. But it is also now the owner's responsibility to secure their buildings uh, for safety, and they get to decide who can enter. Uh, Also news on Friday, uh, the U.S. Small Business Administration has made low-interest disaster loans available for business owners, building owners, and individual tenants affected by the Christmas Day bombing. And the cool thing about these loans is the interest rates are below market. I looked at some of them. They're really low, like 2%, like really below market. Yeah, that's a good deal. Uh, And there is a little bit of credit requirements. The deadline for filing for one of the U.S. small business loans is March 29th. One of the interesting, the most interesting thing about this article from the National Business Journal is what they're going to do with all of the brick. What you going to do with all that brick? All that, all brick, that brick on Second Avenue. Avenue. <laughs> the process of salvaging historical brick from damaged buildings begins this week, according to Tim Walker, who directs the Metro Historical Commission. So there's two Metro associations right there that we're mentioning today. We'll just keep count. After sorting materials, after sorting materials in good shape, will be moved to a secure storage facility so all of the bricks and materials that are part of historic properties get their own secured storage building i think that's i think of that song brick house 
You're it's a, a brick, brick storage house, storage facility, <laughs> a secure storage facility. Yeah, we got all those old bricks. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so I, I think they'll figure out what to do. It's kind of like when you know, as Marathon's getting repaired, we saw a lot of the brick behind Marathon try to be used as part of their rebuilding process. So I imagine we'll see that with Second Avenue as well. But they're not at yeah, Marathon Village. Uh, if you go into back, I should probably not be telling this, uh, but if you go into the back where like the dumpsters are stored, they literally just have pallets of bricks just sitting there ready to be used. And are like historical bricks that has the dates of when that brick was made in like the early or late 1800s. Well, that sounds like it should be information that we know. Yeah, but don't go take their bricks because they're expensive. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so uh, metro area number three that we are going to be talking about today, um, and this was news last week um, that is pretty interesting. Um, so in an email, this is coming from News 4 Nashville, in an email to News 4 Investigates, Metro Park spokeswoman Jackie Jones wrote, regarding hazard pay, this is an unfortunate situation that directly impacts 110 of some of our hardest working employees. Um, we are working with Metro HR and fourth finance, department. their fourth department, to, rec- department. <laughs> to recover the over- overpayment of these federal funds in a manner that would lessen the impact to our employees. Uh, so what the heck is happening here? So in essentially, in a nutshell, I'm paraphrasing right now, the Metro Parks Department overpaid... Um, whether it was accidental or not is probably we're never going to find out overpaid their parks employees for I'm using air quotes hazard pay bonuses. Uh, and they explained that it was federal funds and uh, that the that Metro got in their hazard pay hazard pay overpay or bonuses that were given to Metro Parks employees uh, before the Christmas vacation or uh, before basically the end of 2020 now you go into 2021 and these metro employees are getting a letter some of these bonuses were like 2000 there's one that's three thousand three hundred sixty four dollars um there's a letter that they received um that states um that the employees were overpaid so they got a letter saying they were overpaid when awarded this recent hazard pay bonus and that the overpayment of this federally funded bonus was of no fault of your own. So the employees weren't at fault. However, it is an error. And unfortunately you are not enlisted to keep the overpaid amount. I think of the uh, television show on Nickelodeon back in the day, Blue's Clues. You just got a letter. Oh, no. You just got a letter. <laughs> you owe us some money. Pay it right now. You get to work for us and pay for us, too. Yeah. Uh, so in, in total, all of these 110 employees have to pay back $260,000. Oh, my gosh. Uh, so I, I, I believe that this probably because they said it was federally funded Money, a lot of this fits within the CARES Act, have to spend it in the year of 2020. So it got paid out to the employees. And for some reason, it was in error, which I don't know exactly how that would be in error. But that's a costly error. They are having to take back that money by garnishing the wages of the employees. And some, if you're getting that as a Christmas bonus, 
like you're spending it, whether you're paying off debt, whether you're paying for a vacation, whether you are just paying it, making extra payments on things like you're probably spending that money. Um, and, and something you're not going to want to, uh, see. So the only statement from mayor Cooper right now is from his office. They released a statement reading that he wants quote, a transparent process that explains to these workers why they have to pay, uh, this back, which is to me, an unprofessional opinion. That's pretty weak. Yeah, I think I, I think the city should just eat it, eat the cost right now. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what the official. Techni- te- technically, we're eating the cost because that's our money, in a sense. I was about to say, I don't know what the official process for something like this is. This just doesn't seem like it's the best way that all of this was handled. I don't know. Um, News Channel 4 also says in another article, the president of Service Employees International Union, uh, local chapter 205 here said Metro Parks uh, employees did nothing wrong and shouldn't be harmed for Metro's mistakes. Um, Totally agree with this. I know there's probably a lot of people who are split on whether unions are you know, a, a, a correct thing to do here in Tennessee or not, because we are a at will state for a lot of things, but I think we can all agree on that shouldn't have happened. Yeah. <laughs> the, the pay in the back of the money. Yeah. The I bonuses, just, I have no idea. I would be so frustrated if I received that letter and then I'll think of the blue blues, Kulu song and be like, Oh, I just got a letter. I would not go to my mailbox. Yeah. <laughs> just say I never I never I, just, I, I never, never got a letter. I never got a letter. <laughs> All right. So you, we, you, you know the frustrations with being that <laughs> United States Postal Service. Oh yeah, everybody <laughs> does. All right. So let's head over and learn some history with Explorers Nashville tip of the day. For Explorers Nashville tip of the day, it's a nice, cool day, about 40 degrees, to head to Fort Nagley. And Fort Nagley is the only remaining Civil War fort in the city of Nashville. Uh, At one time, there there said that there could have been eight Civil War forts in the southern uh, border of Nashville. But Fort Nagley is the only one remaining. Right, because, I mean, if you think about it, we have the 12th South. We have the monument uh, over there on 12th South about the the Battle of Nashville, kind of a, a statue and a park and everything like that. But why Fort Nagley? What's the important significance there with the Civil War? Uh, so Fort Nagley was the primary fort uh, for the city of Nashville, defending South Nashville. And you had a huge Battle of Nashville that happened. And at Fort Nagley, they were actually launching uh, cannons from that fort into the Battle of Nashville. Uh, but it remained because the city of Nashville actually purchased this uh, as a park, and they tried making this a national park at one point in the early 1920s, mid-1930s. They tried making this a national park, but that failed. And so the city of Nashville actually purchased it to turn it into some form of a park. So it's a very cool park. We've recorded an entire episode. We have several podcasts that we've actually recorded uh, about Fort Negley, but we've got something even better Now, uh, later in the afternoon today, make sure you are subscribed and have notifications on for our YouTube channel, xplr.nash. Make sure you subscribe, hit the bell there, and you'll see a video come out later today about our, uh, it's a visual 
uh, obviously video with Ford and Angley. So you'll be able to see what the fort was like. Stuart's going to be walking around talking about the history that is embedded in that park, what the environment is like there, what the environment would have been like if he stacked, stepped back in time into the 1800s there. Uh, so it's a great video. Encourage you guys to check it out. XPLR.nash on YouTube as we go over the history of Fort Negley. Some seriously cool drone shots there. Um, we were we were thankful for Fort Negley for letting us film there and everything. But we encourage you guys to check it out. And it would be a good day to explore Fort Negley. It's one of those parks that's so close to Nashville, an extremely unique view of the city, but it's also close to some really really good lunch food here in Nashville. Yeah, so one of those restaurants is Gabby's Burgers and Fries. We featured them on our top burger video on YouTube at xplr.nash. They have some delicious, delicious burgers, all grass-fed beef. They have the best, and this this is a true statement. The best. The best sweet potato fries in the city of Nashville. The best. Possibly in the United States. I mean, I've yet to have anything better. And usually I'll try to take up the challenge anywhere that I go to make sure, right? To make sure that the standard is still very high. And, and it's it Gabby's. is. It's Gabby's. <laughs> uh, and then they have really good milkshakes. So th- this is just, it's a great b- local burger restaurant. I think we need to go there soon. It's it's, about time. It's it's been a while. I think we're going sometime this week, Aaron. All right. So go check out Fort Negley. Make sure you watch the video before you go. XPLR.Nash on YouTube. Make sure you turn on those notifications. That is Explorers at Nashville tip of the day. Today's episode of Nashville Daily is brought to you by Screen Threads. If you're looking for Nashville merchandise, look no further. Our listeners can use the code Nashville Daily get 10% off their next online order or in person visit. You can find them inside of Marathon Village or head to ScreenThreads.com. And we would love for you to give us a little feedback here as we talk about another area of Metro. We want you to text us 615-392-1358. If you're watching on YouTube, you can uh, put this in the comments as well. Um, what do you think? Should Metro Metro is going to be phasing back in their students uh, in, in, uh, into the schools? What do you think? Should this have happened a long time ago? Should it happen? You know, should we wait another year or is this happening at the right time or is there funding about to be cut? And so it's happening right now. Uh, what do you think about all of this Metro going back to school? Text us at 615-392-13. 58. All right. So uh, a a few things. This is is starting with, you know, something we mentioned about two, I feel like it's two weeks ago, almost at this point, there was a special legislative session um, at the Tennessee State Capitol. The week of January 19th. And pretty much uh, we had reported on this. And, you know, honestly, I can't remember if this ended up making it or if this was just talked about or if this was actually something that was put pen to paper. Uh, but I know there was talk of if Shelby County and and Davidson County's metro schools did not go back to school, that there is going to be some issue with funding, with them not being able to receive the all the funds from the state that they thought they 
may get. Yeah, so what ended up happening is a lot in that week was passed. Uh, teachers' pay is going up, I think, 4% in the state of Tennessee. Uh, a lot of things passed that week. Uh, but one thing that was tabled is the discussion of if Shelby County and Davidson County would actually uh, lose their funding if they didn't have in-person, uh, in-person learning. Uh, but that was actually tabled, so that may come back soon uh, as a discussion if Nashville doesn't change their ways. So it, it looks like... That conversation, uh, Bill Lee had a had a conversation, a personal phone call. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's serious when the governor when of the, Tennessee <laughs> calls you. <laughs> um, so this starts. I'm, I'm reading from the Tennessee and right now. Governor Bill Lee told the leaders of the state's two largest school districts in Memphis and Nashville this week that they should offer parents an in-person option for class no later than February 15th. Lee spoke with both superintendents Adrian Battle of Metro Nashville Public Schools and George Ray of Shelby County schools, no public schools there, Shelby County schools as tensions flared ooh, between the districts and the state. <laughs> I don't even know how you like the, as tensions flared, like how do you, did somebody write an angry letter or something? I'm like what happened? You. I know like a flare ah, between the districts in the state after last week's special legislative session on education by the end of the week, despite their calls with the governor of the school districts, each announced updates to their reopening timeline, neither of which definitively committed to opening by the deadline Lee is seeking. Uh, Metro Nashville has released, uh, they, they have released their timeline of when they are going back to school. So this is, is pretty new, um, and it's going pretty much the youngest are starting first, um, and this is actually starting February 4th. Yeah, so th- this week, students are going back to school in person. So uh, according to News Channel 5, February 4th, students with special needs who attend Genesis Academy or High Road School of Nashville, which are contracted special day schools, uh, will return February 4th. So on uh, Thursday, sorry, Tuesday, February 9th, so a week from today, grades uh, pre-K to four um, and students with exceptional needs are going back on Tuesday, February 9th. Thursday, February 18th, grades five and nine, not grades five through nine, grades five, five. and nine. Uh, transition <laughs> grades for middle and high school. That's when you really, that's what, like fifth graders and ninth graders in their, in the middle schools and the high schools, they're going to feel like the kings of the, in, school. Uh, of the school for like a week, a week. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. So they're, they're going back on the 18th, Thursday, February 25th, grades six, seven and eighth. Go back and then Wednesday, March 3rd, grades 10, 11, and 12 go back. That's and the poor ninth grader freshmen are at the bottom of the totem pole again. Again. And uh, Wednesday, March 3rd is the one year anniversary of the Nashville tornado that ripped through. Uh, West Nashville, North Nashville, East Nashville, Donaldson, Hermitage, Lebanon, and all the way to Cookville. Yes. Uh, So Adrian Battle says we are committed to the success of our virtual learners just as we are for those who choose in-person learning. So it will be a choice for those who want to go back during those times. And I guess those who are wanting to be virtual can stay virtual. It sounds like a nightmare for the teachers. It says we will continue to provide them both with academic and social emotional support so they can continue to progress academically while remote learning. So Dr. Battle, Mayor Cooper and Dr. James Hildreth from Harry Medical all stress the importance of community and personal responsibility saying the return to in-person learning is only possible because of reduction in COVID-19 COVID-19 community spread. Uh, what they're doing um, is kind of a, a weighted uh, 10 point scale to see on a day by day basis 
um, and how the metrics are going with the school to calculate if the schools can stay open. And according to the district, the score is calculated using three metrics, seven day average positivity rate weighted at 20%, seven day average of new cases per 1000 residents weighted at 60% and the transmission rate weighted at 20%. The score as of this morning is a 6.7 out of 10. Not bad out of uh, 10 points. Not bad. That's still a failing grade. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or D. I don't know. I don't know what these grading scales are. So that was Metro Institution. We've got to mention this. Metro Institution uh, for, for Nashville number what, five or six? Six. Six. six? Wow. Okay. Six Metro organizations <laughs> in one day. All right. So now let's talk about, we're not done talking about Metro. We're coming back to Metro in a second. All right. I'll we're going to talk about the state of Tennessee first. Uh, Governor Bill Lee announced the last Thursday that he's suspending executive order 74 on who can attend high school sporting events. Uh, so basically in the state of Tennessee, uh, this expired yesterday or was suspended yesterday. If you're in the state of Tennessee, like in Cookville or Rutherford County, you can now have unlimited people attend this in, indoor sporting events. Dixon, yeah. Murfreesboro. Murfreesboro. But now let's talk about the seventh metro organization, <laughs> Mayor John Cooper. Uh, he had a nice little Instagram post. The allowable number of attendants at K through 12 sporting events is increased to two attendants per participant. So hopefully for uh, they just make the teams larger so <laughs> that more people can come in saying, yeah, this person's a participant. He, he doesn't have on a uniform or anything, why, but why uh, do you have 200 people on the sidelines? I'm here. To, uh, this ref is a participant. I'm here to support the referee right now. That's who I'm associated with. I'm here to support the vendor handing out the hot dogs. <laughs> I'm here. To, uh, this, I, I'm here to support that cameraman over there. That's yeah. what I'd be doing. <laughs> I'm his, I, I carry his camera bag. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so still Nashville is a little bit more restrictive than Tennessee, uh, but uh, at least we're doing better than what's going into Nissan Stadium. I think the Preds are starting to, they're on the path to be relieving uh, the, the limitations and bringing more fans in but all a slow transition. Let us know your thoughts on all of this. 615-392-1358 or on YouTube. Let us know in the comments. All right. Our local artist of the day is Mason Zagoda with her song Poltergeist, not Poltergeist, which is a hot chicken spice over at Party Foul. Uh, so don't get confused there. But you can find Mason's Spotify link for Poltergeist in the show notes. You can also listen to all of the artists who have been featured here on the podcast by typing in Nashville Daily Artist of the Day on Spotify. A little bit about Mason. She's been in Nashville for three years and has found a great hot chicken restaurant, Slow Burn Hot Chicken. Yeah, so Slow Burn's located in Madison and then also East Nashville, and it's just this delicious fried chicken, and the spice just sits for a while. It's that slow Slow burn. burn. They figured it out. They, oh, they figured it out. <laughs> All right, so here is Mason Zagoda with Poltergeist. He's a friendly ghost He's in the rafters then sneaking up from behind To tell me every thought inside my head is so contrived He says you're always trying, never succeeding You're always driving but you're never leaving me
That was Mason Zagoda with Poltergeist. Kind of a spooky feeling there, but also Casper the Friendly Ghost kind of kind of stuff. Yeah, Casper the Friendly Ghost. Speaking of ghosts, we may be talking about ghosts in Sobro because oh. there's a lot of old abandoned buildings that may be gone very, very soon. Very soon with a big announcement from last week that we'll tell you on tomorrow's episode. for listening to nashville daily you can check us out over on instagram at xplr.nash as well as our youtube channel xplr.nash for nashville merch we have you covered as well find that at xplr.life you can also text us at 615-392-1358 and for more exclusive content head over to nashvilledailypodcast.com nashville daily is produced right here in the great city of nashville so if you like what we're doing please give this podcast a five-star rating and share it with your friends